Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Today, I picked a great day to be busy because today was the day that there was really nothing to talk about after what's been the most wacky, crazy, exciting free agency period I think I've ever witnessed, been a part of. I'm telling you right now, and I've said this for a million and one years, the on-field product of the NFL is not as good as the off-field product. Shout out to Kay Adams, by the way. Beautiful, smart, and defends the New England Patriots. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Dear Passage Podcast with Ray Route. I am Ray Route. That means you're listening to my podcast. So the Patriots missed out on another free agent today. I don't know if you guys know that. Apparently, they made a big run at star wide receiver. Would have been the difference between the Patriots winning the Super Bowl or not, but they lost out of Marquise Valdez-Scantling. If they would have signed him, Patriot fans would have been upset. The Patriots didn't sign him, so Patriot fans are upset. So tiresome being a part of this fan base some days. Go check out DeanBlundell.com. 120-something bajillion podcast, content creator, sports, news, politics, sports, entertainment, sports, news, sports. I do stuff on there. DeanBlundell.com. Go check out RayRoute.com. R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. That's U-T-H.com. R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. Find all my newest content over there. Go check out my merch store. Go get yourself some merch. Dear Pat's Nation merch, that is. Check me out on the Halftime app, where they let me be me. Like Dean Blundell lets me be me. Just go to download the Halftime app, search up Ray Route. that's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. And uh, look me up on Newsbreak as well. Download the Newsbreak app, go to newsbreak.com. Look for Ray Route. Also join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. No comments or questions tonight, but if you had one, you could have dropped it. I could have answered it. And don't forget, every Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, most Fridays, for two exclusive hours, we are live and you come on with us. Me, producer Mike, Lawrence, I think Mario wants to come by. We're all going to have a good time. Check it out. Five bucks a month. Five, five bucks a month. That's less than a... Grande, Mirande, soy, no fat, skim milk, goat cheese latte. You guys haven't tried that? Give me some good old-fashioned Tim Hortons. Which, by the way, Tim's, I drink so much of your damn coffee on this podcast. Where's the sponsorship, people? Where's the sponsorship, Tim Hortons? Giving you free plugs all the time. All right. Should we bring him in? Should we? Should we? We got a guest tonight, by the way. Kevin, funny as shit. Let's bring in producer Mike. Producer Mike, what's going on, man? What's going on, Ray? What's going on, everybody? So you have a pool, Mike? I do. You're rich, eh? Yeah, wicked rich. I actually put money in the pool. They put you, based you the like kids show on you, me. Do you Scrooge McDuckett? Yeah, that's who, yeah. yeah that's who they based, based the show on. Oh, really? Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Good for you. Are you upset that the Patriots didn't sign Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? At this point, absolutely not. But I'm going to pretend I am. Would you have been outraged. upset if they signed him? Would you have been outraged regardless? Yeah, I'm going to fake some outrage today. Because do you remember when the Patriots did like were in on him a couple weeks ago and people were just like losing their, their shit over it? Like, oh my god, what a waste of a signing, blah, blah, blah. And then say they're like, oh my god, the Chiefs got Marquez Valdez. I thought the Patriots were in on him. Same people. Same people, Michael. 
they they do a really good you doing them too like that voice spot on did you listen to boston radio today what was the story on boston radio today pretty much that the patriots are incompetent they can't sign everybody now that miami has signed uh you know Tyreek, we're we're pretty much goners. You know, we're we're in a life preserver. We're floating around. Yeah, there was a lot of anger amongst Patriot fans. I mean, but that's like that's a normal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, if you want to just get like, uh, if you just want to get a scope of just the angriest people in the world, just check out like Facebook. Oh my god, go to Patriots Facebook and just like, good golly, almighty. Yeah, it's uh, normally I don't turn off the the radio because like I like to listen to it. It kind of gives you an idea of like you know what's going on. I try not to have it on all day anymore, or at least during the off season because the anger gets a little much. But I've been shutting it off on the way home the last few days because of how toxic it's been. Bill doesn't really have a plan. This is all bullshit. The Malcolm Butler signing was bullshit. So it's basically, again, Boston Radio is the equivalent of Karens on Facebook talking about the Patriots. Yeah, they they pretend they're smarter, but then, you know, last week I've kind of used this line with you guys the last couple days. Oh, if you believe the cap is real, you're an idiot. The cap is fake. We're actually smarter than you. We're smarter than all those people that say. Did they say we're actually smarter than you? Yeah, yeah. How fucking Boston radio is that? I'm smarter than you. Well, the, the, He's got again, a rag gone. Belichick doesn't know how to do the cap. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't know how to do his do the cap. He lost his fastball. He used to be better at the cap. This is, this is Story's ridiculous. Story's going to be useless on the Sox. The Sox are going to suck too. No, it's it's ridiculous. Dude, this it's, is a post on Facebook. I literally just clicked on Patriots Gang United, okay? Patriots yep. Gang United. And it's Oh, dude, and it it is a gang, and it is united. Here's one from three hours ago. Scorched Earth. I don't like the direction we're going to. Our Patriots need a real GM and a new coach. It's that, time. Yeah, it's time. It's time. <laughs> I told you. I think I told you this off air yesterday. You know, more of the, uh, you know, Bill's going to be on the hot seat this year. He's going to be fired. You know, he, he he isn't spending money and it's just it's just such a lazy, tiresome argument. And listen, like if I want the boiled down version of Boston Radio, I can like go into our Discord lately every day and listen to everybody go. Here's an Oh one. Bella Fraud. Breaking news, Patriots looking to sign any washed up available player. Um, and it's always like some white guy named Kevin that's just going off about it. It's just, that's exactly what it is. Speaking of a white guy named Kevin, let's bring in my boy, Kevin Gerard. What's going on, brother? How are you? That's like the, uh, what I've got written in my yearbook. It was just white guy named Kevin. <laughs> Very <laughs> unremarkable. Uh, How you doing, boss? Long time no talk. I know. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, collecting animals. Uh, collecting cheetahs and penguins and well, I might have a honey badger soon. <laughs> nice. Is he going to sign with Miami? I don't know. Maybe they're, they're kick. It's, it's like rumor, but I don't know how much credence there is to it. But So did Buffalo Bills fans blow up your phone yesterday when, when, oh, uh, so by the way, Kevin is a Miami Dolphins God. fan and somehow, you know, Mike, how I've become every Buffalo Bills favorite Patriots fan. Yeah. You are now meeting every Buffalo Bills favorite dolphins fan right nice. here so did your phone nice. just blow up because mine did no, mine no, did <laughs> and it was all just like <laughs> who's, who's gonna throw him the ball and i'm like just non-stop they <laughs> like everything i'd be scared if they drafted herbert <laughs> you know it's the same thing over and over it's like uh i must have heard i i have like half my followers are like dolphin fans and half my followers are like uh bills fans you know and the bills fans were just like all over my just like mentioning me like oh you know even like buffalo fanatics pierre and those guys are like oh kevin gerard scored a good one it, they were a little they were a little calmer after we signed taron armstead mm-hmm. i just got like 50 photos of of von miller <laughs> you know and i was like but that was it they would just casually drop a von miller thing just to remind me yeah, and I would just always reply back. I'm like, can you show me the preseason list that had Miller ranked above Terran Amstead? 
and then I get no reply, so that ended quick. But then, man, when they got Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill, and you'd figure they'd be happy because we're not winning anything, but the Chiefs beat them like a rented mule every time, right? So um, you'd figure they'd be happy, but no, they were still salty. Fucking love you. Yeah, no, Rico was... was uh was popping off of the gums to me yesterday and I've, I've been getting it from the buffalo guys and when i first met you just everybody knows anybody i don't know he, he, kevin's only been on this show once but this is our third time together first time i met him i was on the rico report and i yelled at him and i yelled at him that the patriots aren't that good he was trying to give us too much credit we got into a screaming match you know i i got into a screaming match with him he didn't yell back yeah. i was like no you're full of shit they get thrown the fuck off yeah, I like, we're not that good <laughs> and then halfway uh, through you're like i really told you to fuck off man i yeah i don't know what was happening there I no, was and like, i'm not yeah, it's cool i was just I, like well, I really like Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> Wasn't the time. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not really that kind of guy. Like I'm usually like I talk a lot of shit and like that fun, and I'm that's usually who I am. Like let's just have a good time. Like I said, you made me laugh so hard at the end. I was like, you gotta come on my show because, dude, you would fit in as a regular here. Just like the shit that you say, it's beautiful. But when I saw the Tyreek Hill thing happen, and because um, yeah, so when I met you. I had like this little small following of Buffalo Bills fans, but I had just started working for Dean Blundell at that time, uh, a Toronto-based website. He was a Toronto DJ, and um, he's got a big Buffalo audience. So I went on there a bunch of times to talk. You know, he brings me on to talk about football. Like, he he pre-sees it to me. Like, hey, we're going to talk about the entire NFL free agency. Then I go on there and talk about fucking Von Miller for 25 minutes. You know, like, yeah. I go on and I talk... We talk, uh, no, nah, we talked to Sean Watson too, but we talked Buffalo Bills a lot. So, all these Dean Blondell followers now all follow me. And Mike and I were doing demographics, and my audience is now, uh, has surpassed Patriots fans. And my, my main core audience are fucking Buffalo Bills fans. It's crazy, it's insane. And, uh, oh, yeah. so I'm when my phone. phone was blowing up, the first thing I thought is, I got to talk to Kevin because I'm sure his phone is just going through the roof right now, too, of all yeah. those Bills fans. Yeah, I'm going on Rico's tomorrow to talk off season which will turn into yeah 95 percent buffalo bills so or uh, why do you think the bills are going to win the super bowl you know like, <laughs> you kind of sounded like them there too oh man perfect. those guys man bills fans oh, the worst. i always say bills fans are the worst because like i get along with them well but it's like they've been bullied for 20 years right and they see how the bullies acted which is you guys yeah and now they're trying to act like that. But you guys won 17,000 championships. You got too, you don't have enough room for the banners. Anymore. You know what I mean? These guys got nothing. Yeah. See, we I won always... a couple of divisions. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I know. And see, I, I fuck around with a, with a, with this group called Hashtag Sports. And uh, Mario watches a lot, so shout out, Mario. But uh, I remember I was watching their, one of their videos one day, and their, their Bill's content creators, good guys and uh mario's a regular on here but their their wait, title wait, wait are you a, a bills fan no that's mike he's a patriots oh my god sorry no 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 we're quick i might get yelled at again now mario's yeah. on those last night but i'm watching one of their yeah. videos last year like how do you defend a championship and i'm like what fucking championship are you talking about <laughs> and they were talking about the afc east championship and i was yeah. like oh my god <laughs> that's what you're defending <laughs> what the fuck dude uh but no yeah. i want to know how did you um how did you feel about the tyree kill um i mean you got the two i think now i saw yesterday two fat like the the fastest wide receiver duel in the history of the nfl for clock speed between jalen waddle and, and tyree kill um so we were in our group chat yesterday and like this one guy his name is mccheckin he, he's he's a smart kid and he gives this whole game plan of how the patriots can take tyree kill out because we did it when he played for the chiefs and i was like all right great now what do you do with jalen waddle he's just like fuck i forgot about waddle um yeah. how did you feel about the move are you okay with the compensation are you happy to have him on your team are you indifferent before it happened i was very concerned of that they were going to give up uh, any of their firsts next year because we have two more firsts next year thank you Larry Tunsil and uh, I need That's those crazy those are my those are my uh, you know hashtag uh, Alex Van Dyke 2023 like those are my QB picks next year so this is this is it for Tua this is his this is his shot and if he doesn't do it then we've got two first round picks you have to make a move I think so um i was very concerned they were going to dip into that 
to try and make it work with Tua, but at the expense of this. So when I found out that uh, they didn't touch any of next year's ones or the two, I was better with it. I'm not super pumped with the pay, but we have a rookie QB on a rookie salary. We might end up having another rookie QB on a rookie salary. So you're able to do these things um when you have these type of situations right well you guys know you went and spent a bazillion dollars last year so um but that so i was okay so i and he's just such a douchebag uh i don't know like now that he's on the team you're pumped you know because now you're just looking at same thing you guys said like we want to mcdaniel's come in he wants to run the ball and um you're going to get a lot of too high safety looks now because you can't just have a single high and, and shade him to wherever Waddle is. You you have to respect both of them to go deep. And I know two is not, you know, I can't throw. But, like, he's still an NFL quarterback. And if the guy's wide open, odds are he's going to hit him. Right? So you got to – you have to respect the speed, which that should give them more room to, to establish this run game. Don't forget when we're talking speed, we added uh, Raheem Mostert, who has the two fastest uh, runs, like, miles per hour in the league in the last for running backs for the last like five years or something like that chase edmonds is pretty fast uh Gisecki runs a five a four five two i think it was um and it should open things up in the middle for him so we're ex from a schematic aspect we're kind of excited and i know a lot of people say that you know uh, Tua doesn't throw a lot of deep balls well tyreek hill didn't make a huge amount of hay last year on the deep balls like he's getting long gains but a lot of these are like crossers and short ones and and Tua is actually pretty good at that he can get the ball out quick he can get it into hill's hands and that like you do that uh, rpo stuff you you run those little slants to either him or waddle one missed tackle and they're gone so from that aspect i'm kind of pumped so i guess to answer your question i was very leery of the trade before it happened now it's happened i just got to look at the positive side and i mean at the end of the day it's going to be a lot more fun to use them in Madden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, about three days ago, before we even knew that Tyreek Hill was going to be on the trade block, we were talking about how, like, Patriots fans hate Tyreek Hill, like, with a passion. And, you know, I've had Patriots fans so much say to me, like, hey, man, if we fucking never got Tyreek Hill, I'd stop being a Patriots fan. And I was like, fuck you guys. 50% of you would buy his jersey tomorrow. And the yeah. other 50% would just, would that'd be your avatar on Twitter. Like, get the fuck out of here, right? At the end of the day, the on-field shit always matters. Um, listen, I thought the Patriots were the third best team in the AFC East heading into this season before you guys got, you know, before the Miami Dolphins got Tyreek Hill. Uh, so this didn't change my opinion whatsoever. This just almost kind of, like, solidified it. Um, what do you think of Tua coming, or, uh, sorry, Tyreek coming out today and saying that Tua is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, he is under 15 yards. You know what I mean? Like his, we, we, we crap on him a lot, but realistically what he does do well is he does have excellent accuracy. There's a difference between completion percentage and like accuracy. When he does hit you on these slants, when he does hit you on these things, he, he's hitting you in stride. You know, like a great example was that long, like a seven yard pass or eight yard pass he threw to waddle against carolina and waddle almost took it to the house you know safety at the angle kind of thing he hits you you don't have to stop so that's kind of what i'm looking forward to with with hill is that if you can get him going full speed and you don't make him stop to catch the ball then you've got chances for explosive plays plus there's some rumors i mean they won't do it as much but they're thinking maybe they can use him in some somewhat of a debo samuel type role you know, sweeps, uh, handoffs, reverses, same thing with Waddle, you know what I mean? So, and then I expect, you know, a thousand screen passes this year too, between the two of them. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's exciting. Plus, again, it's going to open things up for Gesicki. So, yeah, and I think that Gesicki is, is a very forgotten member of that Dolphins offense. Now, as you probably remember, I'm not as down on Tua as a lot of Dolphins fans are. Um, and I was <clears throat> I was actually defending him last night uh, against the Buffalo Bills fan where I said, I, I think Tua's biggest issue is his health because he's yet to show that he can just consistently stay healthy. However, 
you know, you were the the Dolphins were what three last minute field goals away from making the playoffs last year when you really like break a lot of it down like that that one and seven run or one and eight run whatever it was that the Dolphins went on there was a, there were some games in there where Tua had the Dolphins in the position to win and it just you know it didn't happen mm-hmm. uh, but obviously him going down was a week two that he went down and, and missing yeah, some, was, some time against Buffalo yeah it was like four plays into the game he got crushed so and then I had to bear through Jacoby Brissett for four games, and that was just awful. Like, awful. Let me ask you something. Is Teddy Bridgewater there to compete with Tua? Because normally when a guy like that goes into a new team with, with an established quarterback, I'm not saying mm-hmm. established, but the guy who's sort of the team has sort of said, this is our guy, this is who we're going with, he's going to ask, hey, are you going to be the backup? He's going to say, hey, I'm here to do whatever the team needs. I'm here to support Tua. We're going to work together. He was basically like, hey, no comment. You know, I don't want to talk about that. I'm here. Um, is McDaniel just, is he there? Did they, did they sign Teddy and say, hey, like, come compete? Yeah, I saw the snippet of that. So there was a whole series of questions that preceded that where he gave, like, some of the team-friendly answers. And then eventually he was just like, what I talk to within coaches between me and him, and I'd rather not talk about it. I mean, Teddy... You just ruined it for me, by the way. Don't tell me the context behind the snippet. I like so, to react. I like so, to react to the, so the quote. I mean, if if you're Teddy, you signed with Miami because one, you're from. I think he's from Miami. He's from Florida, so you get to go home. Two, you know that Tua has been made of crystal for the first two years, and there's an excellent chance that he's going to get hurt again this year. So you get to take your shot. Three. I think Miami signed him because his skills, um, is at, like his athletic profile kind of mirrors Tua. They're both like shifty. They both can elude the rush. They're not like threats to really run, but they can, you know, extend plays to a little bit. Um, I think Tua's got better pocket presence. I think Tua is more accurate. Um, I think he's a better version of um, he's a better version of Teddy Bridgewater, but the if i'm that's probably what bridgewater's thinking when you're a 30 some year old vet you don't come in thinking like i have no shot and i'll never see the field of course you're thinking like you know hey if i compete can i win teams like oh yeah bud no worries but he's gonna have to like destroy to in the preseason <laughs> to get a sniff you know on opening week but that's the bullshit every coach says best player plays you know, we all know it's not happening yeah Thank you, everybody who's watching live on Patreon. Thank you, everybody who's watching the replay on YouTube. Thank you, everybody who's listening to the podcast. We are here with uh, NFL insider Kevin Gerard. You can find him almost everywhere, mainly being trolled by Buffalo Bills fans on Twitter. Um, thank you to all our Patreon members. Of course, you can become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. We do have a question, boys, from Articulate Pack 6. Came in about six minutes ago. Uh, it is a New England Patriots question, but I'd love to get uh, Kevin's opinion on this, too. He says, do you see us meaning the patriots having a potential reunion with stefan gilmore michael i'll start with you dude since you've been awfully quiet and please feel free to jump in on this conversation between kevin and i anytime you'd like no no no, i'm just uh, i'm just enjoying listening but but do you uh, you think do you think there could be a possible reunion with with stefan gilmore i mean if there was a reunion with malcolm butler there could be a reunion with anybody randy moss could show up tomorrow at this point as far as i'm concerned is there a chance yeah, I guess there's a chance, but I think uh, Ray mentioned it the other day. He left on pretty bad terms. He wasn't happy with the way uh, the team dealt with uh, his injury and things of that nature. So I don't think it was just money, guys. Kevin, what do you think, man? Uh, could, could you see Stefan Gilmore rejoining the Patriots? We got Super Bowl 49 hero and Super Bowl 52-0. Uh, Malcolm Butler back with the Patriots. Do you think that Stefan Gilmore can make a reunion with the Patriots? Well, at the beginning of free agency, it was a no, right? Because that's when, like uh, we were saying there, it's he's got pride. There's probably a bad blood, bad breakup. Well, we're two weeks in, and he's got no one that's paying him yet. So all of a sudden, you know, you know, I really did do well in that scheme. Uh, maybe we'll reach out and see what kind of money we're going to get. I think at this point, like if the money's right he starts considering it because 
there's got to be a bit of panic getting in there because he's getting up there in age. He probably has one season left of like really high caliber play. And then you're going to see a drop off most likely. Um, I think it'd be a great fit for you guys for that one year until you can, you know, target a new new corner. You'll probably draft one or, you know, because you need both corner and wide out. But if you don't take a real pro ready guy, um, I wouldn't want, you know, Kevin Gilmore would be really good. I'd sign him to a one-year deal um, and, and take him back. I think it'd be a good fit. So apparently Gilmore, not apparently, I saw it this morning. Uh, Gilmore's wife tweeted out, all right, does this help you guys? I ain't going anywhere where I've already been. Ooh. So that, I just quote tweeted that and said, this is, uh, I said, speaking from experience, this is when Stefan says, yes, dear. And uh, they they go on. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I totally get what you're saying. I think Gilmore thought he was going to have this big plush market. Um, yeah. I think one thing we've seen, unless you're like a JC Jackson, who's seen as like a top five cornerback in the NFL, over the last few seasons, the secondaries market, especially for safeties and corners, has been very weak. Uh, look, Tyron Matthews still on the market. That's not him you know waiting yeah. out his options that's him waiting for people to you know to spend money and the further we go and i think it was like a couple of years ago maybe two three years ago trey boston was on the market for a long time and i predicted he was going to sign like a one-year three million dollar contract and i got roasted for that everybody's like are you out of your mind he's trey boston he's one of the best you know yeah. safeties in the nfl he signed a one-year three and a half million dollar deal with <laughs> the chargers like i said the oh. second People just don't pay – like, they've become the running backs of well, especially the NFL. Safeties. Yeah, especially safeties. But Trey Boston, I can't believe you brought that up because my brother and I talk about him every all the time. Every year, that guy signs a one-year deal, has 120 tackles, three or four picks, and then can't get a, can't get a contract. It's no. unbelievable. Every year. We yeah. always laugh. Hey, guess who's a free agent? Trey Boston. <laughs> Trey Boston. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marcus Williams, he got his money. Uh, may sign for what 10 mil a season that's not that's not great it's not too bad um but yeah the corner market oh, i gotta tell you i hey, remember when free seats yeah sorry when uh, free agency was about to start there were yep. some whispers that miami was looking to shop byron jones so that they could sign jc jackson oh mm. man that would have been good oh that, man yeah that would have been good for you guys yeah that yeah, would have been loved. I would have paid, well, I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'm biased, but Xavier Howard and JC Jackson on the same team. Oh, man. Oof. But uh, are you telling me you're you're not looking at the combination of Malcolm Butler and Terrence Mitchell in New England, and that's not putting fear in your boots that Tyree Kill, you, know, you, know, you think that Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are going to run on those guys? You think oh, they're going to? I had to wear the white jersey because if I wore the green jersey, it matched my skin tone. I'm so je jealous and envious of that. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I figured. That's <laughs> Plus, what I figured. Are you bringing back? Uh, McCordy for his uh, 19th year. He's back, buddy. 27th nice. season. He's 76 years old. Nice. <laughs> Matthew Slater's back for his 80th season. Oh, man. Still going to make the Pro Bowl. Yep. I don't yep. even know if he plays anymore, but he's making it. 13 time um, Pro Bowl. He's going to be the first. I hope I've now got a whole oh, thing that I want him and Steve Tasker to go in the Hall of Fame at the same time. I want time. Slater to go in first, though, just to, just to piss off Bills fans. Inner, just to see their world burn because like every year they're like i can't believe he's not in and i'm like can you bastards be quiet i got that thomas that's sitting here that's not in, which is a travesty you put in yeah. sam fucking mills sam mills yeah. he's good over zach thomas it's unreal and then See, you're over what, here crying in the corner about steve fucking tasker i'll tell you oh what what God. upset me about zach or um shit i just Mike, Mike would brain. Oh, the uh, uh, Slater? Uh, not Slater. Slater no. But, uh, no, the guy you just mentioned. Oh, Zach Thomas? Sam Zach Mill? Thomas. Yeah. Sam, Zach Thomas. Miami fans pissed me off this year because Richard Seymour went in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that pissed me off, too. Why did that piss you off? It, did the, 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 the Dolphins fans were talking shit on Seymour or pissed you off that Seymour got in first? It pissed me off that Seymour got in first. Okay, please fans. explain because I don't advocate I'm not, yeah. I'm not i'm not an advocator for patriots hall of fame players mm -hmm. richard seymour was a guy i've been advocating for for years needs to get into the hall of fame so it really pissed me off when people were talking a lot of shit on seymour but i will now allow mm -hmm. you to give your opinion on this i and let me yeah i don't think that seymour shouldn't be in the hall of fame i just think that 
really good five techs um, don't go in ahead of guys who have comparative or better numbers than Erlacher and Ray Lewis. And those guys got in first ballot. So had you put in Seymour with Zach Thomas, you got no problems for me. I'm on board. I watched uh, Seymour play for a long time. He's excellent, excellent, excellent player. He, I think some fans are a little bit, because he never had the flashy sacks, right? So if you're a casual fan and you don't understand his value to the scheme, you wouldn't grasp like how important he was. So I get it. He, he's a Hall of Famer. But Zach Thomas was like, I don't know how many, like he's like 11 Pro Bowls or something. He's got more all pros than Erlacher. He's got like, it's it's unreal. Like his, And these guys are first ballot. Again, not taking anything away from Erlacher or Ray Lewis. I'm not even saying he's as good as Ray Lewis. But from a statistical standpoint, he's equal or better than they are in almost everything. And was pretty much the captain of one of the best defenses for like, a six-year stretch when Miami was always like one or two, it's um, and he can't get anything. We're putting Sam Mills in. Oh, okay, so man. then why can't we say that they should have went in together and he should have went in over Sam Mills? Why did we have to? Keep oh, I did say their... that. Yeah. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, is Miami fans kept telling me he should have went in over Richard Seymour, and I was like, I'm looking at this class, and there's other guys he could have went in over over Richard Seymour. Don't take this away from me. Let me ask you something though, because you, there's a Pittsburgh Steeler in the Hall of Fame, and I got he had you know almost 800 tackles, nine eight whatever, bunch of sacks, but I thought Jason Taylor leapfrogged some guys. Jason you know, Taylor, yeah, like the when he retired, number three all time in sacks. Yeah, Jason he gets sacked. Like yeah, defensive I, player of the year, Jason Taylor. Yeah, I think like, that he. Yeah, I think he leapfrogged people. I, I listen. I'm going to tell you though. I think Brian Urlacher. Like other defensive think, ends or like other players in general. Just other players in general. I think Brian Urlacher leapfrogged players as well. By the way, um, yeah. I, I get what Urlacher was, and I get he's a name, and I get he's white, but you know what I mean. Like it, so you, you know who, <laughs> you know uh, the big story about Jason Taylor. Yeah, Tom Brady yeah. wrote his letter. I know Tom wrote Brady the wrote the letter. letter. Yeah. yeah, I know, best, I know. Best I made defensive it, player he's ever played against. I made an Instagram about it. The top two people who sacked Tom Brady in, in his career are Jason Taylor and Cameron Wake. No, no, I get that. I get that. I just, to me... Have you ever looked at Taylor's stats? No, no, I looked at 139. What is it, 140 sacks overall? 139, what is it here? Like 131 or something like that, yeah. 139 Basically, and a half. Yeah, and like... Yeah, I don't know, man. Like he was, and he should have been a two-time defensive player of the year. They gave it one year to fucking Derek Brooks and a travesty uh, because Brooks was. Out you of know his what? Mind though players before. of the years, player of the years mean nothing to me because there was a time that I thought JJ Watt should have been the Taylor defensive player of the year every year. You know what I mean? Like it's like, let's face it. I mean, MVP only goes to quarterbacks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's tell me how. Cooper Cup is this is one I never get. Cooper Cup is offensive player of the year, but Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. If Aaron Rodgers was the MVP, shouldn't he not be offensive player of the year as well? Like shouldn't like like shouldn't he been the best offensive player if he's the best player in the NFL? Yeah, I guess basically what they're trying to do is say that you know, the I'm not saying this is how it is, but how it's supposed to be is if you were to take this player off the team, how good would the team be? And if you were to take Aaron Rodgers off Green Bay, how many games do they win? Whereas if you were to take Cooper Cup off the Rams, different because Robert Woods went down, but say Robert Woods was there the whole year. What's the impact difference? You know? So, but then at the same time, they need an award, I guess, to recognize pure offensive output. So from a pure production standpoint, Cooper Cup put up numbers that hasn't really been... He's the first one... To, he won the Triple Crown, didn't he? I think he was the first one to win the Triple Crown in like a yep. really long time. Yep. Yeah, he, so yeah, he's the, a horse. Like, yeah. like, I can kind of see that. So it's like, who's the most valuable? And then let's recognize who had the best offensive production, if you will. But so see, here's, too, here's my argument, though. LA does not go to the Super Bowl if it's not for Cooper Cup. 
the Indianapolis Colts win three games this year if Jonathan Taylor is not their running back. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. I just I have I get what you're saying, and I get how they do that. But if we're going to re- award awards for what they are, you know what I mean? Like if we're going to look at things at face value, yeah. at face value, if somebody is the best offensive player in the NFL, then he's probably the most valuable player well, as well. Is Cooper Cup even the MVP on his own team? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yes. You think yeah. his impact is more than if I took Aaron Donald? Yes. Mm, that's a bold statement, my man. Well, because you probably uh, you because <laughs> you probably evaluate Matthew Stafford a lot higher than I do. Um, I think Matthew Stafford's good. I've always thought he was good. I've never thought he's he was decent. He's yeah, decent. I always thought he's your tenth best quarterback. You could argue somewhere between 12 and 8 depending upon the season and depending upon who you got but he hovers like a median like he's a top 10 but like 10 you know because he does have fantastic arm strength and he's not an asshole um so i i kind of root for the guy plus he was with detroit for so long throw him a bone you know but what i get is maybe the best defensive tackle of all time oh no aaron donald so here's the thing though okay so maybe maybe we go that way because um just so you know, I caused a very big stir amongst Gen Xers. And uh, I declared Aaron Donald the GOAT. And I, I did a piece for Dean Blundell. I didn't just declare him the GOAT. I wrote why he was better than, than Lawrence Taylor and why I, I why I rank Aaron Donald above Lawrence Taylor. And um, it's probably the most hate mail I got in my entire life yeah. from, from <laughs> the internet. And, but... Aaron Donald is just this is a guy who number one made a position relevant again the interior defensive lineman went to the wayside nobody cared about interior Mm -hmm. defensive linemen he made quarterback scared of interior defensive linemen he consistently gets triple teamed he had the most triple teams in the NFL and he beats them 60% of the time he beats a triple team a triple team I don't know. Just Aaron Donald to me is the most dominant player to ever play the game. So yeah, he could be MVP every year. He could be yeah. MVP every year, but they're never going to give it to a defensive player. We know no, that. For, for argument's sake, I wouldn't have used Taylor as the comparison. But I, I have to. Used... That's the only way I can call him the GOAT. See, you know I what I mean? Used, I would have... See, I think Reggie White was better than Lawrence Taylor. Oh, wow. In his prime, Reggie White's the best defensive end that's ever played. So I'm old, and I remember watching them play. <laughs> and, How old are you? Uh, I'm by uh, 45. Not that old. Oh yeah, you ain't yeah. that old. So you're Gen X. Yeah, you're one of the you're one of the one one of the guys sending uh, hate mail to me. Well, I wouldn't have been that mad because uh, I I think Donald is. I think he's the best, easily the best uh, defensive tackle. Um, I think that offensive lines are a little more better. It's one of the positions that's depreciated throughout the years because of free agency it doesn't have the cohesiveness it doesn't have that you had the same five guys for like a decade you know and that matters a lot um so there is a bit of argument to play there to be had but i'm not mad if either of them are like if you tell me either of them the best i'm not fighting on it wow okay so let me ask you the question that everybody's mike do you have any questions you want to join this conversation do you have any questions for for kevin I'm good, man. I'm just listening. I'm enjoying right, cool, this. So cool. if I if I feel the need to step in and you know call you old fats, you know wrong, I will. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm paying you for, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> hey, you know I'll find. They some. don't call him the best color man for nothing. You know what? He is the. That's I amazing. say all that the time. Amazing. He is the best unpaid producer on the planet. Nice. And I and I appreciate him. So I stole much. that line from the movie Major League, which you probably haven't seen because it's too old. But Major League is fantastic. Yeah, it is, yeah. I think I've seen every baseball movie. Like, just I, I don't. Baseball is the best sport, but there's a strong argument that baseball has the best movies. They do. I mean, yeah, yeah. dude, I <laughs> I watch like when I'm on YouTube, I just watch clips of Major League, of Mister yeah. Baseball, of uh, Bull Durham. Like I just I watch clips of those all the time. You ever seen The Natural, the old one with Robert Redford? Yes, I did. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. If you there's like, you know, I'm I'm old school, you know, so I'm like it's it's probably not cool anymore. But we don't really 
we're not emotional too much unless we get angry at the sky, you know, but when in Field of Dreams, when his dad, when he says, dad, do you want to have a catch? If the hairs on your arm aren't standing up, oh, yeah. then something's, you know, it's, uh, that, that's, that's a good scene. Yeah. I Dude, like that one. if you weren't, okay. So I'm, I'm 10 years younger than you. Okay. So if you weren't 10 years old when i was 10 years old running around doing this after angels in the outfield okay you didn't have a soul like that yeah. was just yeah tony danza uh, all right uh, number one one of the greatest actors of all time tony fucking danza yeah. just old beat up arm yeah had yeah. no ain't no had no help from the angels in the last yeah. game of the year i Still even like the, the i even like the rookie with dennis oh, yeah. there do you uh, know what i didn't even ball. know I, hold on, let's go back to the rookie for a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, not the rookie. Sorry. What was that movie with? It was a kid who pitched for the 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 Chicago, uh, Chicago the Bulls. Oh, where he uh, he got he broke his about... arm. He broke his yeah, arm. And then and it, uh... like I just oh. found out that that was the American Pie guy. I didn't even know that. That was uh, like one of the American Pie Kingston, guys. Uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, it was oh, on... no, it's Kevin. It's the guy who plays Kevin. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, the guy yeah. who plays Kevin. I was on TikTok, and yeah. all of a sudden, like it was like something. I'm like, oh my god, you were him. You were the Chicago Cubs kid, yeah. rookie of the year, rookie, rookie of the year. year. That's yeah. it. Yeah, the one, uh, the the other one. What you're talking, the rookie. That's when he was like, uh, he was pitching for the Rays, right? That was based yeah, on was a, true it story. Was a real. It was a real story. He was a teacher. Yeah, he was a teacher, and he had a high school. He was the high school baseball coach, and just for fun, he threw some balls. Uh, he had given up baseball because his dad had died, and he needed to run the farm. And yeah. he threw some balls, and they were like, "Do you know how fast you were throwing?" He's like, "I don't know. I used to be in the high 70s." They're like, you're in the 90s. And then it's true. He actually made it to the uh, the pros. Yeah, it was yeah. a good one. I like that one. So you're saying there's a chance that I could still make, because I've been el- like I've been eligible for the NFL draft now for about the last 10, 15 years. And um, every year I wait for my name to get called, and every year it doesn't happen. Mm. So you- See, I haven't declared yet because I'm still waiting for the Olympics to recognize it, and I don't want to give up my amateur status. Oh, okay. That's, that's smart. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't get drafted, though, am I technically still not an amateur? Can I still not represent Canada? I don't. Did you grab an agent? I mean, you've got yourself a producer. <sighs> well, he's like my producer slash agent slash cocaine dealer, like just all that stuff all mixed <laughs> into one. Yeah. Shit. And we're supposed are, to talk about the last one. We are now unmonetized on YouTube, so good for me, Ray. Good for me. But yeah, so you, you guys had a hell of an off season so far, right? Oh, it's been yeah. fucking, it's been exhilarating. It's been exhilarating. Let me, give me a sec, guys. I'm just going to read all your pickups. Okay, oh, please. So, um, we're Don't take up the whole show, okay? If you, if you can. I was looking before. I was like, no, they must have signed someone more than that. Ty <laughs> Montgomery. I was shocked Ty Montgomery, Montgomery was still in the league. You know what, though? Ty Montgomery, I'm saying it right now, is going to have a role on this team this year, and it's going to be bigger than people think. Well, is, uh, is what's his name finally gone? James White? No, James White is here, but he's not taking the James White position. You know who is gone, though, and we didn't have him last year, was Rex Burkhead. And uh, nobody really stepped into the Rex Burkhead role, that sort of change of pace back slash receiver hybrid. Nobody really – they had this guy, J.J. Taylor. He fumbled against the Buccaneers, basically no lost the game, and we never saw him again. And they were really missing that change of pace back. I'm not saying that Montgomery's as good as Burkhead, but he's going to fit into that role, and he's going to have yeah. – I mean, Mac Jones is 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 a similar style to Brady. He's going to check down, and you need those kind of guys who can go three yards out and check the ball. I remember down. him. Yeah, I remember him playing wide out at Stanford. Yeah, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, before he got drafted. That's that was before yeah. you were yelling at the clouds. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys what I was doing today on Twitter. So, uh, Stefan Diggs goes on Twitter, okay, and he makes some sort of comment like nothing personal, just business. So I immediately hit him up and I'm like, I'm like, man, you've so well performed your contract, like uh, 230 receptions over the last two years. You see all these whiteouts getting all the money around. It's your time, buddy. It's time for that team to step up and show you the money. And then all the Bills fans are like, shut up. And And I'm like, why? You don't think he deserves it? And he's still tagged in all these things, eh? You don't think he he deserves it and all this and then they're like no be quiet be quiet and then like some guys are like no you don't know what you're talking about blah blah and I was like dude 
my last year, Xavier Howard, uh, he had outperformed his contract. We restructured it. We gave him some bonus money, and now we're going to restructure it again. And I make sure he's tagged in all of them. You know what I mean? And the Bills fans, I know he's not going to read my shit, but I don't care. It's the panic that's created. I've had like, oh, I must have had 200. My phone's just like me, 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 all these. And then they're looking into me and they're like, he's a Dolphins fan. You know, like, oh man, it's a good time. Dude, that's that's like the Chiefs thing that Ray was going going on about yeah. yesterday. Like the Chiefs kingdom is freaking crumbling. Tyree yeah. Kill's gone. He was the most like, he's the best. Don't talk, like, don't oh, question. Dude, oh, he's overnight. <laughs> Overnight, that guy went from one of the greatest of all times to like, no, this is better. He was losing a step. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he didn't yeah. really have what he have it anymore. Yeah. I just, and there's no, like, there's no fan base I hate more than Kansas City Chiefs fans. Like, there's no, um, to the point that Dean Blundell Calgary. himself, who doesn't really, you know, he sees some of my shit, but not a lot of it, has picked up on the fact that I fucking hate Chiefs fans. You know, he's like, you really fucking hate Chiefs fans, man. Like, oh, with a passion. There's like yeah. three Chiefs fans I like in the world, in the world. And they're all yeah. from Britain. They're all in like, they're yeah. all in the UK. <laughs> they're not yeah. even fucking, they're not even American or Canadian. And, um, dude, I saw this, this tweet that came out yesterday and I almost fucking died. Um, so I'm doing this story for Newsbreak right now on an OnlyFans model whose kids got kicked out of football because she's an OnlyFans model. And uh, she's from Tampa, so she's a Bucks fan, so she hates the Chiefs too. And so she actually tweeted it out, and it was a picture of Jackson Mahomes. And it said, Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. And I literally just fucking, like, I, dude, I literally was at work and started laughing out loud in my office. And it was just the fucking yeah. greatest thing. Did you see uh, Juju put out his first... Uh fucking useless tiktok oh, oh what was he, he doing did a little dance in his kansas city outfit he did it today it was oh so bad i can't wait for him and jackson to collaborate i love how his role by the way <laughs> oh. overnight just got elevated yeah so oh, no, they got much. scantly now scant they think scantly yeah. oh, yeah, is gonna be the guy to, to step into julio jones he's julio jones <laughs> well they Man. think he's they think he's gonna step into that tyree kill mode i saw a stat today uh, despite having Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, Scantling had the worst reception percentage in the NFL last season. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and the, um, they just, well, we'll just draft one. You can just draft Tyreek's replacement because there's so many of them. You know what well, I mean? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys like him. He's just so, it's that simple, right? They're going to use both those first-round picks and trades. I mean, if they're the smart, they take, I, I'd take uh, Will uh, Jamison Williams there from Alabama. He's the closest that you're gonna find i think but man i don't know i, I don't pretend like i don't pretend to be smart at all you know what i mean like i'm not a guy who comes in and says like i'm an expert on this i'm a fan who loves to talk football have fun talk shit bring on guys like you who actually know what they're talking about we just talk about it but i am what you would call a realistic fan right like people are like like people are like oh my god ray we're gonna suck and i'm like yeah but I've been telling you guys, I told you guys last year that the Patriots overachieved and the rest of the AFC kind of underachieved. I mean, think about it. If the Dolphins win two or three games down that bad stretch, they make the playoffs. The Patriots don't. The Patriots are in third and they're they're sitting at home. Um, yeah, one game. They were one game out because we swept you guys. So we yes, won so one game. Years. You went. You you yeah. beat Atlanta. You Will, beat a team. Yeah, I remember against the Raiders in overtime, they literally tackled Will Fuller in the end zone. It was the only not impact he made all year, and they didn't throw the flag, and I was fucking livid. And that was the difference. That's it. That, yep. that would have been the playoffs. Yep. That's two years in a row we've missed out on the playoffs due to tiebreakers. Can't can't catch a break. No. But, so, I mean, I don't feel sorry for you, but yeah, no, no, I feel it. But <laughs> so I'm like, we're on the second year of a rebuild. Two years ago in 2020 when we had dipshit as our quarterback, that was the teardown. You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, literally bare bones. Last year, Belichick goes out, spends a ton of money. You know, Rico's laughing at me yesterday. He's like, oh, that was an expensive rebuild. And I'm like, well, they had to fill these positions. The Patriots are going to have, like, $60 million or $70 million in, in, in cap space next year. And they're still going to have 100, Hunter Henry. 100, $100 million. Well, that's before bonuses. It's 100 right now. But once, like, bonuses kick in and incentives, it's about, they figure about $70 million with the jump. They're still going to have Hunter Henry. They're still going to have Kendrick Bourne. They're still going to have... Uh, Matthew Judon like they're still going to have a core of those guys they spent money on but this draft is super important see the reason the Patriots had to spend so much money in the last 
free agency is because I mean, nothing big. Belichick just blew five drafts. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you whiff on five drafts, you have, you know, nothing big. Like, no, no big deal. But you got to spend mm-hmm. money when you whiff on five drafts. Um, this year, though. This year. Was it was. Good. He nailed it. He nailed it yeah. this year. And it's funny because some guys, like, going off the other day, he's like, name one. Name one player since 2011 that Bill Belichick has took in the first round that's a good player. And I was like, Mac Jones. <laughs> He's like, well, besides Mac Jones, I'm like, that's not the fucking question. Now you're changing the goalpost. Yeah. I said, now you're changing the goalpost, dude. Yeah. But I want to know your opinion. You uh, you were very complimentary to the Patriots last year. I don't know if you really meant it or if you're just trying to troll Rico when we were together. But you even came on here and were very complimentary. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the Patriots um, going into? I guess what do you think of them right now? What do you think they have to do in the draft? And what do you think of them going into this season? They're kind of stuck a little bit. Um, in what Miami was going through, I think about four or five years ago, where every year they had Tannehill, and every year they were seven and nine, eight and eight, seven and nine, eight and eight. They weren't bad enough to get that franchise changer, and they weren't good enough to make the playoffs. They were they were the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So you have to be careful about that. So it all, a lot of it all depends on how Mac Jones develops. He was a, excellent as a rookie. If he continues to take steps forward, then you're safe. But if he turns out into like a Tannehill level where he plateaus, then I'm worried he's going to be, for your sake, that he's going to be just good enough to always get you that eight to nine wins where you're, you know, we got, what is it, 17 games now, right? So you're sniffing the playoffs. Maybe you make it like Miami did in 2016 or Miami did in like, you know, 2008, you know, every once in a while, you know, but like it, it, that's, that's the linchpin, right? It's if he's, it's almost better that you bust so that we can get the new guy than to just be good enough to be competitive. So that's kind of the, the, the big hurdle you guys got, but do you, do you, can I ask you a question on that? Do you take the Belichick factor into consideration at all to maybe add a win or two throughout the season? So, like, if Matt can Absolutely. win you eight, Belichick could win you a ten type of thing. Absolutely, it's just it's that's our been our whole lives, right? So we're just used to it. Um, he's the best, and uh, I, I didn't understand the Shaq Mason deal. I guess I was more complimentary. We, we still don't. I, I was more complimentary of you guys last year than I am right now because. Last year, I thought I saw the plan. I thought the plan was we've got this overwhelming offensive line. We've got, uh, you know, Harris and Stevenson, who are two really good, powerful backs. We got this. What I thought you should have done was use more, you know, two tight end sets. Your wideouts are a little bit weak, but I like Bourne. I think Bourne would be an excellent two. I like Jacoby Myers. I think he's like kind of an excellent two. But you just need that one guy, right, that draws coverage um, or someone that'll get the safeties to back off. Well, we have him. His name's Nikhil Harry. He's Oh, for sure. Canadian. But yeah, uh, same I, born uh, at the same hospital. That's why he's so special to me. Yeah. But but I saw the plan. You know what I mean? And then you had like, um, and on defense, you know, you lost Gilmore, but you had Jackson and like I could see it. And now I, I knew it's time to transition out of from Hightower and McCourty and some of those guys. Um, but Barmore came in, but now I'm confused. Like you got rid of Mason, which I don't understand. You brought back 72 year old Malcolm Butler. Like I'm lost. Like what uh, you brought back Trent Brown, which is fine for now until you can get a replacement. I love a when and I think he can play a right tackle. I think that uh, you could get yourself another guard and put him out there. And he's, he's a mauler. A win is the Tua of left tackles, like he's going to be good for six games. You know, um, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, Andrews is, is still solid, you know, so you had this thing. So I've just lost. I don't understand what the plan is anymore. And you're so, still up. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we couldn't. I can't answer you. I, I, I don't know. None of us, none of us know what the plan is to be real with you. Uh, my plan is for the Patriots to draft Andrew Booth Jr. And, have their solidified number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what do you think is the Patriots' biggest priority? Like, what, if, if you're Belichick and you're picking number one, I mean, Patriots fans are like, hey, we need a wide receiver one. I'm like, that's actually, we need a wide receiver one, but that's furthest from our biggest problem right now because yeah. unless we figure out that secondary, we got to go up against Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and and uh, Stephon Diggs all season yeah. long. And we're, we don't have another interior offensive lineman and we don't have a really good, fast, athletic middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, wide receiver is important, but it, it not as important as those other positions. But you're picking first overall. What position are you looking at for the Patriots? Absolutely, corner. Um, so we have um, the same scheme, right? So your scheme is predicated on having corners that can play man-to-man so that you can run a bunch of games and get your pressures through your twists and stunts. All your guys are gap integrity guys, not like 1v1 guys, and you scheme your pressure up and you need corners to make that work. So absolutely corner. You can get by with the wideouts you got and just hope Bourne takes another step, but like you you cannot get by with those corners. You need a talent infusion in that room immediately. All right, final question. Who's the best team in the AFC this year? Man. I'm going to still say Kansas City until I see different, but um, I got to see because I wouldn't say the Broncos because they have a great D and they added Russ, but Russ was kind of stinking at the end of last year. So I still need to see which Russ shows up. If Russ from two years ago shows up, Denver is going to be really hard. But well, I, he's cooking uh, and burning the town down, so I don't know yeah, about that. But I guess, I guess the Bills. I guess the Bills. Yeah, they're I like the favorite. what they've done this offseason. They're probably better now than they were last year. Yeah, it's funny. When people talk shit on the Von Miller mm-hmm. signing, like, oh, you paid a 33-year-old, whatever, $120 million. Yeah. I think $56 million is guaranteed over the first three years. And I just like, my response was just like, that's what you do when you go all in. You know, when yeah. you're selling out for a Super Bowl, that's what you do. And I think what we've really seen in this this free agency is just, te- you know, the NBA approach of win mm-hmm. now and we'll worry about the future later. Guys, uh, we got to get out of here. Okay. We uh, This is Kevin Gerard, one of the honest to God. He's fuck. He's funny. He's hilarious. He's a great. I don't interact with a lot on Twitter, but I see all his shit that he does. He's fucking hilarious. First time I met him, he made me laugh. He made us laugh tonight. Kevin, where can they find you, man? How can uh, the Patriot fans or my more Buffalo Bills fans? Clearly, it's my body that that can go and harass yeah. you on Twitter. Uh, at Kevin Gerard 13. So basically, if they follow you, they can f- click on me and find me. So look for Kevin Gerard. Awesome. And uh, his profile picture is just like, I don't know, he just looks big and jacked and all modelish. Were you like a model or something? What's up with that picture, dude? Uh, what was it? I don't even remember. No, I, I wasn't know. a model, but yeah. Is that is that you in the picture? That's you, right? Oh, that's me. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. I don't know. You just got this like modeling face on. Your shoulders look big and jacked, and you're just like. <laughs> well, I was working out pretty hard. I just broke up with uh, a long term girlfriend, so I was in the gym like hardcore, just banging yeah. it out. Yeah. God, good for you. All right. I got two minutes before YouTube won't let me stream this again. So I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for coming in, no Michael. Thank you. Good night, guys. All right, guys, that's it for the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Appreciate everybody who came in tonight. Thanks to Kevin. Had a blast with him. Producer Mike, quiet tonight. It's okay. He enjoyed the ride. He laughed a lot. That's all that matters. If he had fun, you guys had fun. Check out DeanBlendell.com. Check out RayRoute.com. Find me on the Halftime app. Look up RayRoute. Find me on Newsbreak, Newsbreak.com. Look up RayRoute. And until next time, guys, don't forget, you're all legit, kid. Asking are you single isn't a compliment. Come on, let's go to the blue hotel. I wanna live at the blue hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. 
It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.